Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the No Balls Cricket Podcast. We're switching things around today. So, respected journalist Aditya Devrath is your host. Hi everyone. Uh, we've got club cricketer Siddhant Pradhan, as always. Hi guys. SP, what are your club cricket credentials again? Uh, I averaged 12 as an opening batsman and 17 as an opening bowler. So, I got one thing in the red. <laughs> Still better than Keaton Jennings. <laughs> oh, definitely. Speaking of, that was our ju- junior pro, Siddharth Solanki. And yeah, that is a more interesting question. Now, how are you the junior pro? Uh, simply by the virtue of be- me being like seven years younger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But you, but, uh, well, you don't, you don't <laughs> want to tell people about your uh, actual junior international cricket career? Oh, I think we mentioned it on the first podcast, but uh, I played for Singapore under-13s. There's no proof. Uh, you just have to take my word for it. Singapore under-13s? Yeah. Do, do, do you have any figures like SP does? No, we, back in the day, we didn't care about data as much. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, we're going to get straight to it. Uh, the fourth test between England and India is on Thursday. We India, of course, came back in the third test to make the series a slightly more competitive uh, 2-1 rather than getting uh, getting uh, being in danger of a whitewash as was thought earlier. Uh, now, with India now, I think after that win, it seems like for the first time in Kohli's 39th test, that, that, or what will be Kohli's 39th test, he's not going to make a change to his... 11. Is, is there anything that we think sh- needs to be changed right now? Uh, not at all. Uh, I think they're pretty perfect the way they are. Um, I mean, it was interesting with the new people coming into the squad, but I don't think they were going to change the 11, and especially with both of them being uncapped players. So I don't see any reason for India to tinker with anything. I think they've got a perfect lineup, and uh, with Ashwin sort of passing his fitness test as well. Um, I think they'll be. They won't change it at all. I think that they'll be just set in their ways. It's a good lineup, and it should do the job. Um, Sid, you, your one of your favorite batsmen, as at least as a talking point, has been dropped from the squad. What do you think about Murli Vijay? And do you have anything to say to one of your dear friends, Swayam? Uh, I've got nothing to say to him. <laughs> I'll, I'll speak to him when Murli Vijay gets recalled. He scores like five centuries on the trot. Uh, <laughs> But unfortunately, I don't think... I mean, I feel that it was a bit harsh to completely drop him from the squad and send him back home. But And now that he's been dropped, I don't see him actually making a comeback. Because we've got an abundance of talented uh, openers, up-and-coming openers. So I, I, I feel that him being 34 years old, it's going to be hard for him to come back to the test side now. Yeah, I, I, I'm getting the same feeling, and I, I mean, Murli Vijay genuinely has been actually one of my favorite batsmen. But at yeah, with his age and with the, his recent run of form, it could have, it could just be the end of his career. Uh, but speaking, it's a good point you brought up about um, the up and coming batsmen. So, of course, 18 year old Prithvi Shaw came in to replace Murli Vijay as the backup opener. Um, and the interesting thing, apart from, I mean, we know that Prithvi Shaw is, uh, you know, a highly rated talent. But the interesting there thing there is that he's See, he seems to have jumped the queue ahead of Mayank Agarwal when it comes to Indian openers. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a bit of a harsh call on Mayank Agarwal. I can't really see where he's done where he's done anything wrong. He's made tons of runs in domestic cricket. I mean, the, there's, there was a streak that was absolutely ridiculous. Um, uh, and he's made it in pretty much every format other than T20. 
Um, and as a test match opener, I don't think it really matters what you do in T20. The only small gripe I think everybody has against Mayank Agarwal, and that was the difference between him and Prithi Shaw, because Shaw showed the same amount of uh, aptitude to make runs uh, in Ranji Trophy cricket, in one-day cricket, in the sort of list A games. Um, the only difference, I think, would have been during the IPL, when Agarwal kind of got found out a little bit trying to attack uh, good or, or better quality bowlers than he's faced in domestic cricket, where Shaw didn't, and Shaw was able to score runs at a quicker clip. Uh, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing, uh, if you're looking at it from Mayanka Gaur's perspective, that he scores slower than Shaw, but the thing was that he wasn't able to make as many runs. And I think that was always held back against him. And yeah, essentially, that's the difference between him and Shaw, and that's why Shaw's in the squad and he's not. Yeah, I, I mean, if one key point on Vayank Agarwal, he had a decent tour with the A-side in England uh, when they were playing we- the, the West Indies A-team. But when they played, uh, the, the only match that they played against England, England Lions, uh, Vayank Agarwal only scored zero and one in his innings. So I think maybe um, that had a factor to play as well, uh, as, uh, along with what you said about his, his struggles against international class bowling in the IPL. Yeah, maybe. Um, but again, it's a bit harsh. I, I think Agarwal had done more than enough. And by virtue of being slightly senior and, you know, perhaps a lot more senior with Shaw just being 18, uh, you know, he should have been in the queue ahead of him. But, of course, uh, somebody in the Indian selection committee definitely sees it differently and thinks Shaw has more of a future in uh, international cricket. And I don't disagree with them necessarily. I think Shaw does have a, a very bright future. But I'm not saying that Agarwal doesn't. And maybe he should have gotten a look in. Uh, but it's an interesting one. You could go either way on it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and I think they've taken a hard call. So Yeah, and a quick note. I, I mean, even, even Shekhar Dhawan's uh, 32. So, there is a chance that uh, somewhere in the near future, we have two, we're looking for two new openers, or at least one new opener to partner uh, KL Rahul. So, there's a chance for both Shaw and Agarwal to stake their claims, I hope. And a quick point on Hanuma Vihari, the other youngster who is called up. He's 24 years old. He, by the way, has the... Highest first-class average of anyone in world cricket at the moment. And that includes Steve Smith's uh, near-Bradman-esque 59. Uh, but Hanuma Vihari tops that. Um, he's probably not going to get a look-in in either of these two tests unless there's an injury to anyone in the middle order. But uh, just a good good sort of um, you know recognition of what he's achieved in domestic cricket. Yeah, A couple of injuries because we still have uh, Karun Nair in the squad. Of course, we still have Karun Nair yeah. who in his last test against England scored a triple century. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Vihari that you have to look for, again, is another guy who scored a lot of runs in domestic cricket. Even though he's played for um, he played for Hyderabad and now he's playing for Andhra, um, which again is sort of the lower rungs of the Ranji Trophy. But having said that, Andhra did come through into the, uh, the top tier last season and he scored a lot of runs for them. So, good recognition for him as well. And this is a guy that hasn't played the IPL. So, you know, he hasn't played for a long time. So, he's really only sort of... Uh, stuck to the longer formats of the game. Yeah, at this moment, it seems like he's um, he's somewhat of a test specialist. All right, quick run through through what we think India's eleven is going to be. Pretty much unchanged otherwise. So you've got Dhawan and Rahul at the top. Uh, you know, both put in put on fifty run partnerships in both innings in the last test. Uh, Pujara, Kohli, and Rahane at three, four, and five all got runs in the last test as well, which is good to see. Um, most likely, you've got Rishabh Pant at six, followed by Hardik Pandya and Ravi Ashwin. Ashwin, as uh, as SP said, is, seems to have passed his fitness test, so we've got should be having him fit and ready for for Southampton. And then the and then the uh, the bowlers, you've got Umesh, sorry, not Umesh Yadav, uh, Mohammed Shami, 
um, Ishan Sharma and Jaspreet Bumrah. Am I forgetting anyone? Did I just see 10 people instead of 11? Hardik Pandya. I, okay, well, I, I thought I said Pandya, but there you go. Pandya with a, coming off a, a 50 and a Pfeiffer that silenced one Mr. Michael Holding and, and many other doubters. So yeah, he should be ready to take the next test by storm. But the meat of this discussion is England. England's, England have just released their 11 for the fourth test. So the big news is Ollie Pope has been dropped and Chris Wokes has an injury, injury scare. So Sam Curran's back in. Moen Ali is the, is the man that's been chosen to come in for, uh, for a Pope. Um, you know, so firstly, that means two spinners for England. Ali and Rashid are both there. And secondly, that puts an end to the... You, you, you sense that Rashid will do less bowling than Moen Ali though, now that he's in the squad. Yeah, and let's not forget the last time Moen Ali played against India at, at Southampton, he took eight wickets in the match, including a second-inning six-fur that won the game. Um, and of course, he's coming off some great county form with a, uh, with a double hundred and an eight four in that match as well. But England going with two spinners and India not in England—that's that's that's an interesting call. Yeah, but I think they're looking at Moeen as more of a batsman than a spinner. I think because yeah, I think that I think they're trying to cover uh, all bases because with Wokes out and with Stokes unfit, and with Bairstow not being at full fitness, even though he's playing as a batsman. I think they do need some cover as, as uh, well, extra batsmen. Uh, and as well, somebody to fill in a few overs, you know, with the ball. So, I, I think Ali fits the the bill perfectly for them. So, do you think Ali's been picked over James Vince purely because he can bowl a few overs? Or do you think they, they think he's the better batting option in general? I, I don't think it's because he's the better batting option. I do think it's because he can fill in a few overs over James Vince. Especially with Stokes not being able to bowl as much. Yeah, Stokes Stokes was a little unfit and or do you think he was actually unfit or was it just the fact that he had he'd obviously just come straight from his trial so he hadn't trained as much and that was affecting his match fitness as much or do, or do you think he's actually picked up a niggle at the moment? No, I, I think he's picked up a niggle because remember in the first two tests uh, sorry in the in the first test he bowled quite a lot and uh, basically a match changing performance in that game. So I don't think it's something that. Uh, was uh, there prior to the game, so it's obviously picked it up in that third test match. And the openers stay the same. That's uh, that's again, uh, you know, that, that's where we thought England might make a change. At least one, uh, you know, Alistair Cook was supposed to go on paternity leave, but the, clearly that's not happening. So we thought Keaton Jennings might get dropped, but he's retained his spot. Uh, and the, so far this series, the two of them have both just been pretty much a walking wicket uh, for Ishan Sharma. But England are ready to risk. That continuing, yeah, like like last test match, I think again this is going to be a defining test match for both their careers actually. Um, but it's it's good that the selectors are showing some faith in them, uh, and maybe maybe that'll help them. But yeah, I don't think so. I do not think so. <laughs> uh, I'll grant Cook his uh, his his spot because I think he's he's earned it with. Just the pure weight of runs that he's made over the years, but not over the last but, couple uh, of years. Not with, um, uh, not with uh, the way that Jennings has batted. I think he's quite hopeless. But don't you think it's uh, if at this point is it not actually more uh, more reasonable to stick with Jennings because he's got a future rather than Cook, who seems to be who's right, he, who's like near the end of his career and is. Largely in a prolonged slump of form, like he's had two recent double centuries. But apart from those two innings, it's which, been a- yeah, those two innings sort of stand out as like huge peaks. And then you look at every other innings of, of his in recent times, and it's just he's just not been making runs. 
Yeah, just because he scored 10,000 runs doesn't mean he should be in the side. Considering that he's been out of form for pretty much two years now. As a 20-30 innings that he's been out of form. So I don't know um, if Keaton Jennings should be dropped first. But then again, Jennings also looks hot. Like, it doesn't look like a test match batsman. Yeah, I, the, and the thing is, England are a little, a little short, short on openers at the moment because Hasib Hamid, obviously after his injury in India, hasn't really performed that well in domestic cricket. Rory Burns has, and he's not gotten a look in, which is yeah. He's, I think I think it's today that he completed thousand runs in a county season. So that's five years in a row that he scored more than a thousand runs. You, I mean, he's knocking on the door, you are, and you have to wonder what it is in Jennings and Hamid and the other openers who have gotten a look or, since Andrew Strauss retired, who have. Uh, who've sort of st- stayed ahead of the queue? Yeah, stayed ahead I, th- of I think the, in the queue. Uh, the, the English. Sorry, go ahead. The English cricket team just needs to fill its South African-born quota. <laughs> there was an interesting quote on that um, from uh, Pavilion Opinions on Twitter. Um, they said that uh, Theresa May has just gone to South Africa to look for four opening batsmen and a winner. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you look at their side and you think, why haven't they changed their openers? Especially with Burns making the making runs the way he is. Uh, I believe it's because Ed Smith thinks he's too unorthodox to survive in international cricket. And that may seem a bit strange for somebody who's made so many runs. But it may have an effect in international cricket with the quicker bowling and high-quality bowling. So you never really know. I mean, look, should orthodoxy be a, be a factor? I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call Cook a very orthodox, orthodox batsman. He doesn't have the standard technique that most uh, like, that you expect of a left-hander or even just a regular batsman. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it's it, Cook's technique is way more orthodox than most people and Jennings is just <laughs> hopeless. So, I mean, um, it, it, it's, it, it defies logic the way that they've played so far. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it goes on with the, uh, the rest of the series. If they continue with these two for the next two tests. Right. I mean, they will for this one, but I don't know about the other one. So at the moment we've got two wickets at the top of uh, at the top of England's order. No change at number three, and that was the other question. You know, Joe Root clearly prefers uh, prefers batting at number four, but he's sort of done the responsible thing of of coming up to number three to accommodate everyone else. Do you think that should have changed? Is there anyone else? Maybe maybe bring in an opener and drop Coke, or bring in Vince at three and drop one of the other batsmen. Is, was, was or right now keeping Root there is the right call. I mean, if they were going to play Bearsaw at four as a pure batsman, I think keeping Root there is the right call at the moment. Uh, it may have been different had they decided to stick somebody else in at number three and move Root down to number four. But at the moment, I think it's the only way to go with, with the squad that they have at this point in time. If they pick somebody else, it would have been a different story. And the uh, the keeping situation is is interesting because obviously, um, you know, Bearsaw's injured so he can't keep. But do you think this is a case now of Butler being on trial to be England's uh, first choice keeper in Test? Or do you think... The moment Bessos fit, he gets the gloves back. No, I don't tend to think so. I think that uh, Butler will keep the gloves. Or should, rather, should keep the gloves. Because I, I feel Bessos is um, uh, far more valuable to them as a batsman um, than doing both. And yeah, for some reason, for some reason Bessos thinks that keeping makes him a better batsman. Um, but I think the stats have shown that in the second innings, his average drops by about half. Because so I, don't, I think some, the effort he has to put into keeping. Yeah, I feel like someone in the England camp needs to have a word with him, saying, "You are a one of our better batsmen. It'd be much better if you just stop keeping and just concentrated on your batting." But apparently, he just wants to keep. So, 
I mean, is it just a heightened sense of responsibility with these guys? He wants to keep, but Root wants to bat at three, even though for both it's not really the you know the natural option. But I think Root does want to bat at four. It's just that he's actually pushed into batting at three because there's no other option. Yeah. With best, oh, there there are other options. It might be some, a case of like not wanting to be dropped, even though he's a good batsman. I feel as if I'm. I mean, I'm just shooting in the dark here, but maybe it might be something like, oh, if I'm also keeping and I'm doing well, it'd be harder for them to drop me. That could be a case. I think that's a bit. I think that's a bit of a negative way of viewing it, though, um, because if he didn't bat well, he wouldn't be in the side just for his keeping anyway. So, I, I think the the role of a wicketkeeper has changed so much over the years that now you have to look at both aspects of it rather than just the keeping. So I don't think it's going to keep him in the side if he's not batting well. So I, I think he should just go back to trying to, to to cut it as a batsman the way he started his career. Yeah, uh, moving on. I mean, actually not necessarily moving on as much as just sticking to a different aspect of, the, of this <laughs> debate. Um, would you put? Would you keep Butler where he is in the batting order? Or, or because he's keeping, would you drop him down a spot? No, I think he... I mean, he should bat above Moin Ali for me. Definitely. Okay, so he, I don't think Moin Ali is a better batsman than Butler. So, Butler at 7, Ali at 8, and then everyone else sort of uh, you know, fills out the rest of the lineup. The interesting point uh, with the bowl, with the England's bowlers, by the way, Sam Curran, with his recall, brings something different to the England side. And, and India struggled in the first test, uh, first two tests against him. So, um, is that going to be... Is that a cause of concern for, for Kohli and the, and the rest? Uh, I, I don't uh, think so. Because other than him bowling left-handed, which is a huge difference... I think the Indian batsmen seem a lot more confident to be able to deal with Curran now. So I don't think it'll be an issue anymore. And I think if if the ball isn't swinging, Curran's not going to carry that much of a threat. Yeah, and he's and he's you know his pace is an issue obviously because he's not uh, he, he bowls at roughly an average of eighty two, eighty three, and and that at that level, if there's no swing, he probably shouldn't trouble any of England of India's batsmen. Just before we uh, before we wrap up, uh, just to look at the at the uh, two bowling attacks. Southampton has a pretty quick pitch, and do you, do you think that that's going to actually work in India's favor, the, given the pace that India's attack has now? It, it might just, considering first that they have four seamers, and secondly that their their bowlers are quite a bit quicker than than the English. So I think that will work in their favor, um, definitely, and, and spe- especially if you've got two guys, uh, Moin Ali A, who's notoriously bad with the short ball, and Johnny Besto with a broken finger. Uh, who are going to struggle against that kind of bowling. So, the quicker the pitch, the harder it is for them as well. Well, that was a quick wrap of uh, a quick preview of the, of the fourth test. We, uh, just, just very quickly from both of you predictions, are we, are we sensing an epic comeback be in the making or are England going to win the series here? Uh, I uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with an Indian. Sorry, sir, to cut you off. But I'm going to go with an Indian win. Uh, I just think that uh, England's bowling attack on a quick pitch... We, Two seam with two spinners. It seems a bit odd. I know Ali took a lot of wickets, but this is a different Indian side, and and King Kohli in the middle order. They'll, they'll just eat him for breakfast. So I, I think it should be an Indian win. Mm. Sid, what do you think? Yeah, I want India to win, but the pessimist in me won't let me believe that. <laughs> so I think Eng- England might get this one. Right. It, would you still be as pessimistic ahead of the fifth test if India win this one? No, I think if if we because it's the same last season when South Africa were touring England and they had a good side and then they won the second test and then England came back even though people thought oh this is it, um, but I think I just want them to show me that I mean that it wasn't a flash in the pan. 
So a second win here would definitely give me a lot more confidence going into the fifth one. Yeah, and just imagine the the story if Kohli becomes a second captain after Bradman to bring a side back from 2-0 down. Yeah, we'll be erecting statues as soon as they win that fifth one. Yeah. Do we... Maybe they'll burn effigies of uh, Joe Root. <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do, we, do we put him ahead of God in India's uh, cricket pantheon after that? It remains to be seen. Well, very diplomatic from the Mumbai crowd. Right, that's a wrap on our on our preview. Um, good luck to India for the fourth test, and hope everyone enjoys listening and watching.